get you go to school. And here's your name. What do you think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil little invisible parasites. Satan worshipping Freemason moron. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not run by factions. Get the fuck out of camera! There are much more powerful international forces in play. Is this pink guy? Is this what pink guy is? I don't fucking know what's happening. Please get outside and look at the moon quickly. It's been crazy, guys, but guess what? It's how it is, mate. Mate, because I want to do it slowly. But I ain't spending any time on it. Welcome to the Condition Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joe Hill, and this week we are going to look at cookers in the mainstream media. Since Guru caused a fuss trying and failing to get on 2GB, and then oh. trying and succeeding to get on shitty Brisbane breakfast radio, what's a beast there? It's about time we looked at the relationship between cookers and the mainstream media. But cookers hate the mainstream media. It's all lies, you know, like Thanos getting everyone to smash their televisions. Mm -hmm. This kind of extremist distrust goes back way past or before the Thanos days. Remember when Sarah Palin was considered an extremist? She called the MSN the lamestream media. Oh, yeah. And she wasn't the first and certainly not the last to arbitrarily blast journalism that doesn't conform to her kooky worldview. Oh, I remember Sarah Palin, her lamestream media bullshit. But you're an actual journalist, Jack. You know how the sausage is made. You've been yeah, behind the scenes, you know, in the cabal with the cigars and the whiskey. So when they tell us the media is lying to them, that's kind of you a bit. I mean, ah, yeah. Like, yeah, bit, well, right? you know, I'm, a, I, 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 I'm, I'm due for a hanging. I know that. You are definitely up. You are up for the rope. Bozy is not letting you go. Just as an aside, the Sarah Palin story that I love most of all was when she decided McCain decided to take her on as a as as her running as his running mate, and and it was a sort of strange decision and very sort of un McCain like, but it was obviously looking for a wider demographic women yeah. women voters all that sort of stuff water appeal and one of his staffers uh, was uh, with with McCain and and McCain said okay all right well. Okay, let's make it Palin. So uh, this staffer w- went on to describe how we had to go and see Sarah Palin and tell her who won World War Two, <laughs> who was in it, who was again it, and uh, and who won it. Yeah, so yep, very, she really very was a odd fucking human moron. being. She Not- still is a moron. And there's interesting things about her recently about uh, the preferential voting and things you could look up yourself. But look. You're probably all a bunch of lefties back home, sitting there, getting all smug about how cookers don't like mainstream media. You guys do the same fucking thing. I do the same thing every now and then as well. You know, lambasting certain media corporations for being too this, too that. Admittedly in a much more considered manner, but you still do it. So don't feel like you're getting off easy on this one. Yeah, unfortunately, throwing a tantrum at media organisations that don't agree with you is a bipartisan issue. Oh, we all do it. And for every check I receive from George Soros, and I'm engaged in psyops as well, Joel too. Of course, way, yes, yes, we have. But I get Thank more you, money. Government. Uh, I also get a note from Rupert Murdoch telling me exactly what to write about every day. Every day. That does not happen. Uh, <laughs> the boring truth of it is that we simply write what we believe is true. Yeah. And if cookers were are ever right about anything, and I don't think that's ever happened. Well, I'll probably write about that too. Uh, yeah. With something of shock. Yeah, uh, credit where credit's due there, right? I mean, come yeah. on. It's not exactly on the cards at the moment, though. I mean, it's just no. not looking likely. But open mind, open mind. Yes. So while everyone cracks the shit at the mainstream media, nobody does it quite like Guru, 
Dave O'Neags, and these other miscreant dead shits who throw regular tantrums when the front page of any given newspaper isn't about chemtrails, sudden vaccine death, the New World Order, or them. But recently, we've seen a bit of an uptick in interest from outlets like the Daily Mail and News.com.au posting videos of sovsits who are reciting pseudo-load of board cops and various other examples of public stupidity, and it seems to be working. And why would I think it seems to be working? Well, they keep on doing it. So, I mean, it must be working, right? Yeah, we'll get into the causes and reasons shortly, but I suppose that's why we keep doing this, the show, that is. It, it works. It does. But once it again, does. we are once... We are asking for your financial support. We have a Patreon, and for as little as five subs a month, you get access to a weekly bonus episode, and higher tiers include bonus bonuses like sticker packs. You're doing that again, Joel. Stubby yeah. holders yeah. and all sorts of access to create a perfectly healthy parasocial relationship with us. Is that parasitic? Yeah. <laughs> uh, monthly rude. Zoom chats, you know, the whole thing. Oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. There's a disturbing amount of access. It's a pretty good deal, and with your support, we can, this is the biggest part of it, spend more time on the show. And in that situation, everyone mm-hmm. wins, because I love researching this shit, but I also have to do other stuff. Yeah, well, it, uh, everyone wins except for the cookers, Joe. Oh, yes, no, I saw Who never seem to win. Hello, no. Canberra. Hello, no, they, Canberra cookers. Oh, they, you sad boys. Yeah, they don't, they don't win. It's almost like they enjoy losing, like my friend on Poker Machines loves losing. Mitchell Brooks, mate. Stop yeah. gambling. That's uh, yeah. That's another sort of problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that will that will that will uh, that will come to a head fairly quickly too. I would think it can. It can. Well, that's enough of that. Look, yes, let's indeed. get stuck into this week's rabbit hole on cookers and subsets in the mainstream media. I, I still haven't worked it out yet. And if you haven't worked it out, keep asking the question and keep looking for the answers because it's irrelevant. And whether it's anti-vaxxers, self-sits, conspiracy theorists, cultists, or just cooked idiots, they all have one thing in common. They fucking hate the mainstream media. Uh Well, that's unless the MSM publishes something they agree with. Then they love it. (laughs) Then they absolutely share the shit out of anything that even remotely nods in their ideological direction, wherever that is. Yeah, fuck, exactly. (laughs) I mean, Cookers is a broad church, right? Not only that, but they'll often take screenshots of headlines without any context whatsoever and, of course, spin them around to their delusional beliefs. Like, Pete Evans fucking loves to do this. Every every week in Pete Evans, I see see so many things and I'm like, I'm not going to bother, but that pisses me off. He posts these screenshots without links to the story, editorializes the article in a way that completely misses the point of the piece and is just like, oh, look, maybe they're getting onto something. No, no, read the article. Total opposite. But this kind of disinformation peddling, is, it's just bottom of the barrel stuff. You know, it's another, another day in the life of cookers. But this is the thing. Cookers are well known for not doing their own research. They never seem to see these headlines and think, oh, shit, I better Google that and follow up on the story. They mm. just take the craggy-faced conspiracy theorist on his word, first mistake, swallow the bullshit and move on to the next thing that makes them irrationally upset. But do the mainstream media ever really agree with cookers? And I think the answer to that is sometimes. Not really? often, but mm. sometimes. Generally speaking, the MSM tend to use cookers as a punching bag. We kind of do the same thing. Laughing at them in various ways to get clicks from bored normies looking for a bit of a laugh, something outlandish, something weird, bit, you know, off-center. But every now and then, the MSM will start pandering to certain parts of the cooker universe. And while the sheer numbers in the movement have dropped since restrictions were lifted and life has resumed some sort of sense of normality, 
there's still some very committed people out there trying to get newbies into the cult, you know, get on the grift. Yes. And while their entire belief system is bullshit and their distaste toward mainstream media fairly galvanized, they are also walking wallets. One thing cookers do very well is share content. And if they see something they like, they share the living shit out of it. You know, most people read an article and move on with their lives. But cookers, if something appeals to their core belief in the cult, they feel the need to just wake up everyone around them by spreading it to every corner of the fucking universe, spreading their bizarre version of the truth to anyone they can come close to. It's ridiculous. It's a cult. But this results in them also being incredibly annoying to be around, let's face it. Mm-hmm. But it's also really mo- lucrative as far as a media audience goes. You know, if you're relying on clicks, this is a fucking goldmine getting these people to share around Telegram and Facebook like fucking crazy lemmings. The issue here is a trap. It's too good to be true because they're impossible to please. And once you start panning these people, they will fucking turn on you the moment you fall short of yeah, their expectations. Yeah. And their expectations are fucked in the head. You have to publish delusional accounts of serious issues like, you know, like We Are Miller, you know, that these things... But the accounts they want you to publish, they come from concreters on boats and cosplaying lunatics with a donation addiction. You can't pander to cookers because if you are pandering to cookers, unless you're prepared to go full lizard people, it will always, every time, bite you in the ass. Guaranteed. Yeah, we recently saw a campaign against the meter outlet with the uh, Fordham Guru saga that saw Guru get on the radio from bizarre blokey chat about the beer economy. You know, people... You know, paying people with a case of beer. His classic Aussie accent and crazy uncle persona was a hit with 2GB host Chris O'Keefe as they talked about paying people with Crown Lager. Guru asked the producer if he could have a spot on Ben Fordham. Why not? And was given a brush-off response of send him an email and see how you go. He was ignored and he didn't like it. No, he didn't. So what came next was a torrent of abuse in every direction. He didn't get what he wanted and he's an entitled child. Therefore, he had a tantrum. Mm-hmm. He incited violence toward Ford and his family on his Facebook live chats. He recorded calls with the 2GB switchboard, by the way, illegal in New South Wales, yelling vile abuse at people who were just trying to do their fucking jobs. And, of course, after he was giddy with excitement, talked to his new mate Ben Ford about red-pilling normies on a Monday morning or whatever. This is, of course, one of the biggest syndicated radio shows in Australia. Once he got the cold shoulder, it turned out they were actually a bunch of pedophiles. Yeah. Oh. Who's yeah. going to go on there? But yeah. now they're all pedophiles because they don't want to talk to him. Yeah, that's a tantrum, Guru. That's a tantrum. Yeah, we covered this last week and interviewed Cooker Watch, who basically uh, prompted this entire thing and reported it thoroughly. It's pretty funny if you've got time to watch a human scrotum screaming into the void. I got a little bit involved because uh, uh, there was a bit of doxing going on yes. uh, or attempts to dox, which is probably actually worse. Um, yeah, naming a, naming a, a 2GB DJ's address where that person no longer lives mm-hmm. it just means a whole lot of hell is going to come towards the residents at that place. Yeah, they need a knock on the door from the cops saying, huh, by the way, you might have some cookers coming to your house. Good mm-hmm. luck. So while I'm not exactly a fan of 2GB and Talkback Radio in general, I have Pretty significant departures from the general political narrative on the station, and I do listen now and then to see what they're up to, and oh, sometimes I really skin crawls. Fordham and his producers, to their credit, handled it well. I mean, they didn't let him on the air for a bit of a laugh. They didn't give him a platform to promote his Facebook lives. They just laughed at him from a distance because he is funny. They didn't give him a platform, and they didn't give him promotion. Wasn't a huge fan of the whole, you know, check up from the neck up remarks that Ben threw and then that's fine. He's Ben Ford and whatever. These insinuated that Guru has mental health issues and I do take a bit of issue with that. I've got no idea if Guru suffers from a mental illness. I personally think that he's just a malignant narcissist 
and a massive attention haul. <laughs> well, there you go. You've just, you've just diagnosed him. I actually think he's a walking psychiatric symposium, John. Yeah. Well, look, you know, either way, I don't like to do too much like DSM armchair diagnosis, but there are some people in the movement who quite famously suffer mental illnesses, such as Dave O'Neigs. He struggles with bipolar and everyone kind of knows it. I mean, like that's a fairly common thing. Of course, he's unmedicated because he doesn't believe in that, but that's fine. You do you, Dave. Good luck. Anyway, while Fordham has some pretty shitty things to say on air a lot of the time, credit where credit's due, this was handled well. Yeah, look, I think Ben is very good at what he does, actually. I'm not a huge yeah. fan of Talkback Radio either, but Ben is actually very good at what he does. He's taken over the Alan Jones slot, which is a marked improvement as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Um, and, and look, I did manage to have a chat to him off air um, after this all blew up, and uh uh, I won't go into the the contents of the conversation, but I but I expressed concern about the doxing that didn't come his way. By the by the way, that was linked at Ray Hadley. They Cook has proudly pronounced that they had found out where the uh, the, the the morning DJ had, uh, had lived, which turned out to be completely false, and yeah. as I say, probably more dangerous that way. And, and Ben handled it really well. But at the yeah. same time, you know, without giving away too much uh, of a confidence, I, you know, you could, I could tell that he was concerned about, you know, the, the threats that had been made. Yeah, yeah, and the, that's and it. the responses that could come his way. Rational response to a situation. Yeah, that's what I ask for. I think we'd all be concerned in that situation. You know, uh, and, and, so let's move on to to a, a radio station that didn't handle things quite no. so well. And this is B105. Hello, we got icy cold cans of Coke. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a With shitty babies ice. in it. <laughs> on the, driving around on the rock bus. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a shitty stereo network station, B105 in Brisbane, thought getting Guru on for a laugh was a great idea. Hey, oh, we're all, hey, we're all professional comedians, so we'll know what to do. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Media training. Training 101. We did an hour of this. They promoted his Facebook Live several times and, and made him out to be some free thinker with some crazy ideas, you know. Oh, just a little bit, though. Like, he's mostly just a free thinker, though. Hey, hey, everybody, get out of the way. I'm a comedian. I can cut through the noise here. Yeah, they didn't, <laughs> ask, him, didn't ask him about his feelings on the train family who murdered three people. Uh-huh. And I wonder if the QPS, the Queensland Police Service, uh, how they viewed all of this. They would have loved it. They didn't ask him about hanging frontline workers. Didn't no. dare ask him about how McDonald's puts people in their patties. That's another one of the guru's nonsense theories. Uh-huh. And McDonald's have actually a sponsor of the show. Mm. I don't know how that goes. Problematic. They just pandered to his bullshit and platformed him like idiots. Just fucking dullards. And while it can be said that no one really cares, it's just a call in on a breakfast radio show. At the end of the day, it's actually a breakfast radio show that skews to a demographic that a friend of mine described as bogans from Logan. Eh, there's some serious bogans here. Very susceptible individuals. This was a huge win for Guru and his weird little acolytes. And it was a huge oversight by an easily excitable Zuma producer who saw this as an entertaining sideshow for their dipshit audience. Ratings. Mm-hmm. And viral content. So we have a tale of two stations. One who came across the concreter 
and entertainer and decided to laugh at him and completely isolate him from any promotion courtesy of a wide media platform. Uh-huh. And we have another who decided it was a really good idea to take a call, edit it down and deliver a message that Guru, a man who wants to kill everyone in Parliament House with a bombing run, is just a free-thinking bloke with a healthy distrust of government. Oh, yeah, free-thinker, free-thinker. So, but, like, this is the thing. What is the difference between reporting on this as a phenomenon, which is a very reasonable thing to do, and then platforming dangerous ideas? It's a really fine line. It's a fucking fine line. Because journalism requires, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but journalism requires, particularly, and I'll talk about some examples a bit later, but but journalism does require, uh, if you're going to write about someone, then you should seek comment from them. And and that immediately does Mm -hmm. give them a platform. Um, And so... Um, uh, traditional journalism, looking at things evenly in a balanced way and opening up uh, both sides of the argument is really not the way to go with these people because they they, they will peddle misinformation. Yeah, yeah. But it's a difficult ethical decision to make, and that's what I'm saying. It and is. one way in which we handle the cooker phenomenon is to see it for what it is. It's comedy, you know. Yeah. It's delusional to the point of hilarious. You can't make anything of it really seriously but we also do look at the impact it has on people and the way in which it shapes society while cooker numbers have dwindled they haven't completely disappeared despite the hilarious turnout recently in canberra that saw a literal handful of people turn up and the ever diminishing numbers that we see marching around melbourne yelling at buildings and each other even with this tiny minority of irritating loud people they can't be entirely ignored politically and sociologically. They still have a presence in the discourse. It's, yeah. That's a really important point. They still exist. So as a bit of a detour, I studied political change movements under Peter Chenet. You said he is an incredible character, an amazing lecturer. I fucking love him. He used to say that he was a real doctor unlike a body mechanic, which is a great line I'll never forget. We looked at the book Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. It's a highly influential piece that teaches activism for those who seek change in the world they live in. It's fucking great. And of the 13 Rules for Radicals, number five is incredibly important to me in in the context of this podcast, which is number five. Ridicule is a man's most potent weapon. There is no defense. It's irrational. It's infuriating. It also works as a key pressure point to force the enemy into concessions. Mm, Very good point. Now, I didn't actually get this from Peter Chan. When I studied it at university, I probably did read it. Eh, I glazed over it. I got this recently from John Wilson, the fucking psychotic cooker. He mentioned this in an internet tussle he was having with someone on Twitter, and he tries to do this by calling people names and playing the role of this weird bully. But he's also an idiot. He can't write for shit. His insults always end up being dumb homophobic slurs and something-something communist. He's not smart. So, I mean... Ridicule does require some degree of intelligence, and I'm not big noting us, but we're pretty good at it. I reckon we do all right. Muted him a long time ago. Mm. Yeah, I'll bet. Um, There's no way I'm going to miss out on his hot takes. I love this guy. He's so fucked in the head. But it's true, though. Like, ridicule is a potent weapon indeed. And when they come with things like Dan Andrews is hiding children in tunnels to drain their blood for adrenochrome, what else are you going to do? You you can't debate that person. (laughs) No, you can't. That person is a joke. 
Yeah. You can't. There's no. There's nothing there. So why not just laugh at them? Because like you can't make this shit up. It is funny. We, like we have to enjoy some things in life. I mean, come well, on. It, it, it's some of the stuff you you can't satirize it. It's just beyond it's, satire. It's so bizarre. Yes. So that's that, the first challenge. That's it. Sometimes <laughs> like you can't be funnier than them. It's just very tricky. It really is very hard to They're satirize very sincere. a lot it's of this stuff. Look, mainstream media takes a similar approach, and it really ruffles a few feathers. News.com. AU sticks the boot in pretty hard when it comes to cookers, but nobody quite sticks the boot in like the Daily Mail. Cool. I reckon news.com that's gone a bit harder, but it's but, good um, competition. I'll tell you that. It's yeah. it's either or. I would say the Daily Mail are more savage, but news are pretty brutal. Yeah, yes, indeed. Yeah, and uh, some some good journalism done there for the most part. Non media seems to be steering somewhat clear of the ridicule cookers content factory. They do a bit. They're trying to sort of do it. Oh, we're just being objective. Yeah. But it appears that a few of the staff at News and the Daily Mail have some uh, easy money in reporting on these bizarre creatures. Often uh, having the heavy lifting done by people on Twitter like Soss and Sandy and Cooker Watch, Vexatious Litigant, Ken Barons, the list goes on for ages. It's kind of important, and I just want to briefly mention this, that a, that a journalist should basically not announce their sources. That's that's completely, that's completely <laughs> yeah, wrong. Yeah. But, but, but they should be at least attributing um, they generally uh, where they're do. getting their material from. Anyway, generally. What, what I think we'll find, Nine have a broader media. I mean, Nine Media, and we're not talking about print so much, but when we talk about Nine Media and their television news and so forth, that's a very different demographic to the readers of Daily Mail and news.com.au, oh, yeah. which, which tend time, to be younger. And, 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 and they enjoy, for the most part, they enjoy, you know, younger people do in, tend to enjoy reading about silly stuff that cookers get up to. Yeah, cooker bashing is funny. It's it's what we're doing. And the older the audience, I think you'll find, you know, that's the, that's the sort of reverse of that, that, you, that the, audi- the, the older the audience... Um, you'll you'll tend to find that there might be some of these uh, sort of you know vaguely anti-vax sort of remarks put in there and controversy today and all that sort of stuff. They skew more royal family. Yeah, for the most part, I think um, um, uh, the mainstream media has been pretty responsible through the pandemic, particularly around vaccines. Yeah, generally pretty good. Generally pretty good. I mean, like you know, there's exceptions to the rule, but generally pretty good. Mm. One of the things they have done is they've taken to using the term cookers, which we kind of do as well. So, yeah, we you do. know, but they're also using sovereign citizen a lot. And they while we do, have, yes. Yeah. And like in the fucking wrong place. Like we've discussed exhaustively about the difference between sovsits, pseudo law adherents, you know, common law practitioners, mm. and the blah, blah, blah. We've kind of resigned to the fact that sovsits is this umbrella term that's easily used to describe these people. But lazy journalists have taken it this sort of step further and using sovsits as a catch all term for anyone with bizarre beliefs. Usually they do have some subsidiary in their little arsenal of ridiculous yeah. ideas, but it's usually not the headline story like with Guru, which was complete, complete mislabeling. But now they're moving on to this sort of equally problematic but generally accepted term. As I said, we use it, cooker. So it was everything was a subsidiary and now everything's a cooker. Neither of them are good or appropriate, but I'm not going to sit here and throw stones in a glass house because they're so easy and such umbrella terms. With cooker, you can just have anti-vaxxers, sovsits, fucking conspiracy theorists, it's a, it's reptile also, people. We've, we've discussed this sort of ad nauseum, but it's also vernacular, and that's what people understand. Yeah. So, so, so that, that's essentially how you communicate. I was now, thinking you about You can't today, communicate you know, yeah. with, with a sort of eight-paragraph 
qualifier before you actually start it's talking tiring. to people. And it's not fun anymore at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not here because we're all fucking academics. We're here to have a bit of fun. I mean, let's not forget the fucking reason why we do this. Indeed. So recently we've seen some coverage around a Zoom chat with Hoodie, the several-time disgraced former Qantas pilot who claims to have been sacked for not taking the vaccine, although I think there's reason to believe he actually took a massive redundancy package and lied for clout. We'll never Maybe. know. We'll I never know. St- I never, never did get a uh, response to uh, no. uh, Qantas HR on. Uh, I was and just wondering. Sorted. I was just wondering if you had a copy of his employment file there, but I never heard back from them. Bit of a coinky dink. The fact they're offering massive payouts to people his age to quit. Anyway, mm-hmm. he has a bizarrely titled "Athletes with Voices" series. And I cannot believe how he can pull these people. I guess Andy Vaxxers just love microphones. But he got some pretty heavy hitters. There was Pat Cash, Kelly Slater, mm. John Stockton from the NBA, and Trevor Hendy. And they were mm. in there talking shit about vaccines, climate lockdowns, other right-wing tropes about, like, you know, around the war in Ukraine because they're all fucking massively pro-Russian for some weird it's reason. It's crazy, that. Yeah. It's just they're dumbasses who fall for psyops. They're fucking morons. And this weird pivot, apparently, according to Cam Livster, I believe, a pivot towards corporal punishment for children. Oh, weird. this is an old right-wing trope from way back, Joe. <laughs> True to me, keep them keen. Yeah. You've uh, got to slap know, those kids and make yeah, them say what you want to hear. Let's assault our children because that's, that's going to be terrific. For, for their future. Oh, you want <laughs> insulin? That's big pharma. Slap. Mm. So it's just cool stuff. And it was rather quickly picked up by news with the headline... Majorly cooked. Sporting legends Pat Cash and Kelly Slater appear in controversial conspiracy chat. That's actually a pretty good head. Yeah, it's not as bad. It's not bad. And as per usual, they lifted the story from Canberra on Twitter, but to their credit, they gave credit. So, you know, like, good. yeah, like it's it. cool. At the end of the day, what can you do? So the tone of the article is generally ridiculed. The conference call is referred to as a cooker chat and their concerns are framed as gripes, nonsensical tirades and outlandish claims. So, I mean, they're they're giving context to it, which is good. This kind of language to describe the conversation is basically the only thing that prevents it from just simply platforming these ideas and promoting the cookers as a concept. I mean, hoodie and LARPing Lata, who are pushing these ideas and profiting from them, love attention. So, you know makes a bit of sense. Yeah. Another article on news headline, tear the place down, in inverted commas, inside Cooker's Bazaar plan to run for New South Wales Parliament. And this is a piece that covered the campaign announcement from Ricky Bozzi. We always call him Ricky, Joel, mm. not Ricardo. He's Ricky Bozzi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I just like to I just like to upset the man. Zippy Bozzi. And, and and guru, of course, Dave, the guru Graham, that they will run for the upper house in the New South Wales election. That wasn't immediately clear to, to, to the guru, <laughs> to be honest, because he thought he was going to be running against the Labor um, spokesperson for health, which is oh, in yeah, the seat of Kira right, in the lower yeah. house. But he thought the Labor spokesperson for health was the health minister. This is a moron. <laughs> parliaments are difficult, you know. Parliaments, are, it's, it's complicated. To be fair, I went to Sydney University and studied this, so I can't throw too many stones. Oh, it's rude. I'm being elitist. Look, I think if He's you want idiot. to run for parliament, you should understand the broad principle that it has two houses. The, you should the, do a crash course, yeah. And, and, that you should, and that you should know which house you're running for. Wikipedia, he didn't appear to maybe? Know it. Yeah. Well, I thought he's absolute walk down, walk, walk up start to win Also. Kira. Currently held by 70-30 margin to Labor, by the way. (laughs) Anyway, they are absolutely desperate for attention. This uh, people deep in this belief system are convinced that not only are they right, but that the majority of people secretly agree with them. Oh yes, that's their their cult. That's the cult pool. So to them, any publicity is good publicity. 
Yeah, I mean, like most of the article consists of quotes from the two in the conversation. They're having a chat and they basically transcribed it. They are completely absurd to most rational people, but if you think about it, people looking for an alternative engagement with politics, you know, the idea of tearing the place down might actually appeal to them, you know? There's been some fucked up things that have happened in that place. So I'm just going to say as a side note, I hope they're not nurses or doctors, though. If you like the cut of their jib, they're mm. going to cut your jib by hanging you by the neck. So and don't journalists. support them. And, and journalists. journalists. And the journalists as well. Oh, it's a, it's there a might have to be party. a little bit of hanging, yes. Yeah, there's going to be a lot. Maybe some lawyers as well. I don't know. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot. So this article, which used neutral language as opposed to the previous article, assumes the reader is competent enough to understand the themes they're expressing are completely fucking ridiculous. Yep. Now, can it's we often have the best, best way to do it. Yes, you can ridicule, but if you write it straight down the line, people are going to go, what the hell are these people thinking? I hope so, because you've got to assume that people are rational beings who will read this and not see it for being some sort of intriguing alternative way of mm. seeing things and actually just two fucking lunatics having discourse in an echo chamber of just complete parallel universe bullshit. Mm. I don't know if people are going to take it this way. I think it's very reasonable to assume that people are rational. But cookers exist. They come from somewhere. And this kind of thing, like, is it free publicity for this bizarre campaign? Uh, it's it's hard to know. Look, I, I know the Australian Rana Police, uh, not written by me, but uh, uh, that, that, that highlighted all of Bozzy's behaviour. Yeah. Um, this was about uh, nine months ago. Highlighted all of Bozzy's behaviour and and reported also that he had drawn the attention of national security agencies and, and uh, intelligence networks in Australia. Yeah, that rings a bell. So, yeah. yeah, I think maybe there's sometimes the presumption that people know who they're talking about and there'll always be the explanatory, but, it'll, but, but in order to get a report done in 500 words or maybe 1,000 if you're lucky, you're going to... Uh, have to deal with this stuff briefly in terms of who's who Ricky Bozzi is and who Guru Graham is, and that can often just be done in a couple of sentences and not much yeah. more than that. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of reliance on the reader, but I understand that sort of perspective because you know, like that's that's the way things work. But of course, like this is the thing that's happening now, and it's been a bit of a contention in this sort of Twitter community. We're taking content from Twitter in this community of people who spend a lot of time curating these bits of content, finding these things, joining the dots and creating links. These journals will then just create an article from it. It's become quite an easy source of quite good journalism insofar as the journalism is being done by people on Twitter that as long as you give them credit, it's fine. But it's not all just Twitter grabs of funny cooker shit. There has been every now and then a news.com.au article published by Frank Chung who isn't lampooning the cookers but actually giving them content and kind of pandering to them a little bit. So we've got a bit of vaccine hesitancy. We've got a bit of right-wing race bait. He's covering the entire spectrum of terrible beliefs that tend to sit under the cooker umbrella, but he's doing it in a fairly genuine, journalistic and straightforward manner, which is interesting because, as we said before, maybe the MSM panders towards these people sometimes, but not a lot. He kind of stands out. But to be fair to Frank, he churns out a lot of content. He's not just some anti-vaxxer crazy person who posts about lizard people all day. Most of his content that he writes is not about vaccines or even right-wing dog whistles or any of this sort of stuff. It's just normal journo shit. But a noticeable portion of his work is exactly that and quite shameless. 
I've, I've got a bone to pick. It's difficult to know whether he does this because he believes it or because it gets clicks, but I've seen something that maybe shapes my belief on that. See, anti-vaxxers and cookers in general will share content that appeals to them like nobody else. They are fucking vacuum cleaners of online content. They spend hours pouring through things, mostly things that confirm their worldview, and they'll share the shit out of them. So he's given airtime to the claim that the you know Pfizer didn't test COVID vaccines for transmission. You know, it's a classic anti-vax talking point that happened since that fucking European Parliament inquiry yeah. that Rob Roos guy did. This made the false equivalence between the fact that Pfizer did not test COVID vaccines for transmission specifically before going to market, which anti-vaxxers used to conclude quite falsely that the mRNA COVID vaccine from Pfizer did not reduce transmission. It fucking- it's still going around. It's still going around. Of course it, it is. It's I mean, they're never going to drop an this. accepted truth now. And a lot of people who are pro-vaccine have accepted this mm. because they've taken it on the idea that, okay, well, it just reduces severity. No, 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 no. It reduced cases and their severity and their longevity. That reduces transmission. I'm sorry, but it doesn't take a fucking genius to realize that less people with COVID means less other people get it. It's called the reproduction yeah, absolutely. rate. But, but, but also the, 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 great, the great lie about all of this is that, that – that, Testing for transmission would take years. Yeah, and it's we a big fucking undertaking. Years. No, and we so didn't. It was, it was never part of the contractual obligation that no. Pfizer, and not just Pfizer, Pfizer just copped all the shit these mm-hmm. days. If you're doing Moderna, you're just sitting back there going, hey, they're copping all the shit. They're having a good time. And, and, but, yes, that was it. We, we, we can't test for transmission. We can't test. We would like to think that it will reduce transmission. We would like to think that it will reduce viral loads. Therefore, it logically follows. Yes, but we can't test for this because that would be three to five years of data that we would need to get to you, more and more um, advanced uh, clinical trials, etc., and then we can give you a statement on transmissibility. Exactly. And so it wasn't tested. All right, cool. And they got a gotcha moment in a parliament sitting because they asked a question that was designed to get a certain answer, which everyone probably already fucking knew in the first place. Frank reported that. But the thing that I find interesting about this one is it wasn't the usual journalism. He usually reports on things. This one, clearly stated at the top in bold text, was comment. And what's the difference? Well, you're kind of allowed to talk bullshit in a comment piece. You know, there is a bit of a difference. It's very different. Yeah, it's very different. Um, You can get away with a great deal more writing writing comment pieces, which which is what I do, you you can get get away with a lot more, even legally in terms of defamation actions. You can say, well, it's comment. It's not really a defence, but <clears throat> it's uh, it's often a way to sort of get yourself out of a, a, a bit of a hole and, and you can write apologies and, and those sorts of things. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, you're making comment now too. I'm Frank, um, and he might not be all that ter- not, not not might not be all that, pleased about it but 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 yes he, he you know when you write comment there is a certain line where you can i mean i, I never like to I, I never want to publish disinformation but it, no. but if you it's it's called a polemical exercise and so you are making arguments to support your contention yeah and, and that's what it comes down to and if that was the case i didn't read the piece from chung but uh, if that was the case that's what he's done yeah basically so it's, it's just a form of emphasis yeah, yeah. Sorry. So in this one, most articles you see, and I just looked at a few just for reference, they get a few comments, maybe 100, some of the popular ones, maybe 300. This one got 1,600. And I feel like this is one of the reasons why he's getting in bed with anti-vaxxers because of the clicks. He's getting oh, clicks. Okay. okay. Comments don't mean clicks. 
That's the okay. first thing. Interesting. Right, so, so comments, you can, 1,600 comments. Yeah, it's a lot of comments. I mean, I don't know if you've ever looked at the Washington Post comments where you'll routinely see three and 4,000. Jesus. A lot of it's spam. Yeah, you'll, you'll, okay. You'll see spam in there. Um, yeah. These comments are moderated. Um, threat news, threat the news business, and that will be in other organisations as well. They have to after bloody Voliverse nationwide. But you'll find if there's 1,600 people there, and yes, it would have pulled in some, some a cooker audience. I, I fully appreciate that. But you'll find that the 1,600 comments are actually 300 people commenting five times. The other thing to notice about this, clicks are important. Comments aren't. That's 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 the point that I'd, I'd like to say. That editorial doesn't pay much attention to ha- who get the most comments, what are the most commented on pieces and all that sort of stuff. They are not paying any attention to that. Yeah, it's that's not, fair It's enough. not really currency. Clicks are, but comments aren't. Okay. Because you can have these things sort of – you can you can have these things running off where you literally do have 10 people just yelling at each other <laughs> for, 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 for about five or six hours that turns into, you know, 200 comments alone. So when it comes down to it also, like a click is worth, say, like five cents to an advertiser. But if you have a conversation that, as you said, is moderated, they're actually spending money moderating the comments. Right. So comments right. cost money. No, they do. And and the moderators have, have a series of guidelines to follow and all those sorts of things. So And probably working weekends it, too. It's, it, yeah. yeah it, Penalty it, rates. It, there's, a, there's a fair amount of stuff waved through. So, you know, there'll the, the be, you know, if, I might read things that, you know, are personally abusive, but that's okay. You just got to have a <laughs> thick skin about that. Yeah, yeah, um, that's it. But one thing that won't be accepted is, you know, a really offensive language. Racism. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, those sorts of things. Um, yeah. And if they do appear, they'll be taken down fairly quickly, and particularly if people draw attention to it because people make mistakes. And I'm talking about moderators, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, and, and they've got to work at they've got to work at speed. This is the other thing I want to talk about. You know how the media works in fucking light speed these days, mm-hmm. just like Pfizer. So. <laughs> Frank also recently led the charge in airing the grievances of an outback nurse who claimed she'd seen horrific things done to children through her work as a registered nurse. Tom Tanneke did a video on this clearly displaying that her work in Alice Springs was actually as a cosmetic nurse, not at a hospital where you would see such things she was alleging. I'm just going to say, throw to the video, watch the video for more details. I'm not going to do a take-by-take take of Tom's work. You can find it yourself. You all know Tom Tanneke and it's great. There's been a bit of a back and forth, though, over whether the claim, his claims are legitimate. Like, you know, she worked in Darwin as a re- registered nurse, but apparently she thinks that the things she's seen there, because they're an Indigenous population there, are obviously happening, Alice, because, well, there's a, you know, there's a common denominator there, you know? I wonder what that is. It's racism, uh, to be fair. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I do know about this case. And I would not be satisfied. I haven't seen the Tom's video, but I would not be satisfied that she wasn't a nurse in Alice Springs. Well, uh, it looks like she wasn't, but she was in Darwin. Uh, she definitely was. She definitely was a nurse in Darwin. And it is just most recently that she has opened up this uh, cosmetic business in Alice Springs. A couple of years. So, yeah. Yeah, a anyway, couple of years. A couple look, of years. But Tom's you know, video the, this, was, this was raised in, in Media Watch. Frank. Uh, used her, um, Credlin, Peter Credlin did as well. And, and look, few doubt her claims, few doubt her claims, but can't be certain where and when she saw them. So I, I don't, I think it's kind of a bit of a fool's errand to say it didn't happen. So, yes, but the location 
is yeah, location and history and timing. But saying that is true. It would seem that she appeared with very few background checks being taken, and for very something cute. like this, background checks are essential. If you've just Hugely. got someone crying. Um, foul, and I'm not suggesting this is the case in her case, um, but if you've got just someone crying foul and making some fairly big statements, including seeing anal warts on very young children, Indigenous yeah, children and these toddlers, sorts of things, yeah. you would be sensible to to, to do the background checks before you reported or broadcast. Yeah. Um, this was covered on Media Watch, by the way. Yeah, I haven't seen the Media Watch bit. I have seen Tom's. Tom's my Media Watch now. This is what he does. It's great. And look, I will say openly that I can't comment on the validity of her claims. I really just don't know. And the stories that she said quite vividly, I don't know where she saw them or how, but the context that they were put in appear to be false. And I'll, okay, so that's, that's a, you know, that, that's, a, that's a point of contention. Frank just decided to go to bat for her and double down on this. There's a whole thing about her pushing back on the internet trolls, which would have included Tom, that have been harassing her. I'm sure she, she probably has been receiving harassment. People can be fucking cruel. Yeah. But this is the best part. And I'm not going to do too much spoiler here because it's so good. You have to watch the video. It's really funny. Part two of the whole saga is fucking hilarious. He also sought comment from an expert on the matter, Keith Gregory, 64 years young, founder of the Guardians of Earth Foundation. Now, are you hearing alarm bells in your head from Guardians of the Earth Foundation? Because I am. Chung referred to it as a support group for Indigenous survivors of child sexual abuse and that he backed the Outback nurses' comments. That's Keith Gregory did, yeah? Okay. Yeah, Guardians of Earth Foundation, bro. Are you fucking serious? How can you possibly take that seriously? So as you'll see in Tom's video, which you're obviously going to watch after this because it's fucking hilarious, the Guardians of the Earth Foundation isn't so much a support group for survivors as a cooker group for bizarre fucking theories about aliens and viruses that cause people to be kitty fiddlers. As I said, not too many spoilers, but it is genuinely hilarious. This is a must-watch video. I fucking love this piece of content. It just got me in a certain spot where I was sort of like laughing but also having a brain seizure. But the point of that long-winded spiel that was intensely low on detail to not spoil Tom's video is this. Frank sought comment about something because he wanted to hear something. His editorial on the Pfizer transmission study, or lack thereof, suggests that eh, he might have a few, few cooker tendencies. I don't know, but maybe he does. Maybe. But where the fuck did he find these people? I mean... Mm. So we're about to see journalists seeking out comment from so-called experts from dodgy astroturfed organizations that they made themselves with a logo and a website, either to elicit donations, have some kind of life purpose, or probably a little bit of both. But whether this was lazy or intentional is not quite understood, but it's incredibly bad. These motherfuckers are beyond cooked, and now he's taking a break from his hobby, training children to protect themselves with alien wisdom. This is... Keith Gregory, by the way. That's Gregory, yes. yes. Not fucking Frank. No, let's be clear about that. <laughs> yes, let's be clear. To speaking on black matters that he has no fucking authority on. Mm. Why did you ask this guy, even not being a cooker? Why is he the one you're asking? Where are you finding this? So we all know cookers love to make these associations with, like I say, the nice looking logos. They have the websites. They've got these official sounding titles. They kind of LARP as officials. Are they going to start to become this like self-declared go-to authority on issues when a journo just wants some sort of kooky quote? Like, what the fuck? Well, it, 
it's difficult. I mean, a journo needs to be able to have a good nose for these things, right, and to and to wade through the sort of fake pseudo organisations. I mean, now might be a good time to talk about you know basic journalistic practice. Yeah. So when uh, when you are reporting on a matter like this. You, it's important to get comment. If you're covering yeah. a person in a story, it's important to get comment. So oh. if we're talking about a theme or a topic matter, uh, in, in this case, um, uh, uh, abuse, of, uh, abuse of young Indigenous people in and around Alice Springs, as that's the main topic here, it's kind of responsible on the journalist to try attempt to find uh, instances that will sort of reinforce the, the information. So, so basically, you, what he should have done, and probably didn't, from what you're telling me, is to talk to, let's say, the mayor of Alice Springs. Let's say Maria Scrigmore, who's the um, member for uh, Lingyari. Yeah, yeah, Lingyari. Yeah. And talk to community leaders. She might, al- he might also have sought comment from uh, from Jacinta Price. Um, he basically needs to get the two sides of the story. And this, Anyone but Keith. Again, we've got a principal issue here and an, an issue of ethics to say you don't want to be providing disinformation here. You, you certainly don't want in one of the most impoverished parts of Australia to be creating misinformation around criminal acts and appalling acts of child sexual, sexual abuse. You don't totally. want to be sort of... It's a very sensitive topic. Oh, it's hugely it's hugely sensitive and, and, and you have to know that a lot of this is going on. Yes. Yeah, as to it's, the extent of it, yeah. I mean, we based, a, we based a military intervention into the Northern Territory in 2007 on this. I mean, it's... <laughs> Overall, you would say this is not the best way to go in terms of reconciliation, in terms of bridging <laughs> gaps and all this sort of stuff. God, Calling no. the military in, that was something that Dutton wanted to happen. He wanted and they won't happen again, let's face police it. To, to move in. But anyway, yeah. look, my, my, my point is, and I, look, I did this, um, you might remember, Joel, the, uh, the woman on Twitter who decided that a young high school student yeah, had died that's right, uh, yeah. after receiving the vaccine and, and, yeah. and, and the boy had not been vaccinated but sadly no. had died of a heart attack. Yeah. Now, in order to do in order to do that story, I needed to speak to her, right? I needed to speak to her and she and needed you did. to and I'd be able to, and I needed to be able to quote her there. The 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 the, the difficulty is f- just wading through what clearly is nonsense. Now, I can tell you that woman told me a lot of nonsense, absolute yes. garbage. And she went back to it after I giving it a sob story. Yes, she did. But she that's, went straight that's, back to saying the same problem. shit. But I wasn't going to – I wasn't certain, certainly going to platform some of the weird things that she was saying. No, no. And that's so quite that, right. That, that's a matter of getting the quote right and, and getting the person. Well, you know, that, that person well, was a good, yeah. straightforward manner. But this how, is ridiculous. How, how Frank Chung got to the Guardians of the Earth Foundation without basic checks as to what it was um, is um, not something that uh, I would really want to comment on. There's got to be 20 welfare organisations in that area that are dealing with the same sort of thing. Yeah. But let's face it, they'll give you bleeding heart lefty responses, and that's not what he wanted. He wanted something with an angle and he fucking found it. And now it's just completely embarrassing. If Media Watch don't cover this, I don't know what it takes to get on Media Watch, but I reckon it's that. I reckon it's that. So we also saw this kind of fake legitimacy in motion with the Herald Sun article by Ian Royal that covered an astroturfed residence protest in Victoria, which was used by Darren Bergworth and his My Place movement that intends to create these parallel councils and police forces, which was covered 
brilliantly in episode nine of Tim Fall Tales, by the way. In this photo, leading the article at the top, Bergworth is pictured next to the actual deputy mayor of the council, and under the picture, it stated these names Jason Toomer and Deputy Mayor Liam Hughes and Mayor of the People's Council hey. Darren Bergworth in front of the Save Long Street Reserve protesters. Now, if you didn't get the gravity of that, Darren Bergworth, Mayor of the People's Council, he's been given he's been given a title. He's been given a title that he that he does not deserve. No, he made it himself. He literally yeah, yes, fucking literally made, this made up. it up himself. Yeah, he's just made this. He's printed a sash and he's called himself the fucking mayor. It's crazy. So Sandy picked this up pretty quickly, and it was corrected. Sure, but how the hell does that mistake happen? I mean, laziness. Well, in part, I'm sure, but also. Like a deliberate attempt by these people to appear legitimate. This is the kind of thing they're trying to get past the spidey sense of journalists. We've always said that anti-vaxxers lie, but cookers in general have a pretty flexible relationship with the truth. And it's hard to know what was said to the journal at the time, but it's safe to say that it was total bullshit. Otherwise, that would not have been fucking published. And here it is. The mayor of the People's Council in a screenshot in the mainstream media to legitimize his bizarre attempt to seize power at a local level. That's not good. Look, it was corrected, uh, corrected quickly and, and within hours, as I understand it, it yeah. didn't go to the print, the, 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 uh, the, the report with that uh, with that photo caption wasn't as pic caption was not used in the print in the print version. Yeah. Uh, look, you can you can say it's a sort of. I mean, look, if I if I was a reporter and I'm not reflecting at all uh, on, uh, on 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 the particular journalist here, but I'm not reflecting on it. But if someone sent me out to do a story on local councils, I'd go, yeah, this is a this is a milk run. Yeah, exactly. It's pain in the ass. But the thing is, I'm not necessarily saying the journal is an asshole. I'm saying he was lied to. Oh, absolutely, he was lied to, and you know, and 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 again, you take people on face value because we live in a society. We expect yeah, people to be honest. I mean, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to defend him either. But the uh, the only time local government uh, or local councils tend to make the papers for pages is for weird shit, and yeah. um and and yeah. so you're going to go along there expecting something strange, you know. Some yeah. outrage, some scandal. It's the only time local local councils ever make the papers, except for the local ones. You know. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So, predictably, this was met with applause by the adherents to the cult group My Place, with one comment that was screenshot by Sandy that said, "Well done, everyone. Great to see the Herald Sun actually state Darren is the mayor of the people." That's not helpful at all. It's really not. But this wasn't even an article about cookers. And that's the interesting thing that defines this and separates it from others. It was a situation that attracted media attention the cookers hijacked to recruit members and get publicity in the mainstream media. And it fucking worked. They ran rings around the journal who, like you said, just did a milk run down to a weird kooky thing and just they lied to him. And he went, okay, cool, I'll take it on face value. And then published something that made him look silly. That's really unfortunate. I don't blame the journalist. I fucking blame them for being lying scumbags. And yes, the byline didn't make it to the printed version. And I'm not sure why that is. I like to think maybe the sub-editor did some Googling before things went to press. Well, but, let's, you know. let's 
let, let's start talking about process, Joel, because fire the sub editors. These things, are, these things, looking from the outside in, uh, are never very well understood. For a start, there are no sub editors, virtually none. Well, they all got fucking fired. But they're, they're just they're virtually no sub editors now. So, in terms of going to a report, I'm not going to talk about this one specifically. I just want to talk in general yeah. about what what happens. So, so basically, this is happening at the ABC. This is happening at News Corp. This is happening at, at Nine Media. So. A reporter, particularly in ABC, um, uh, a, a reporter will go and go and get that story, then write the story up. Then the story, then the story will almost go with very, very quick editorial oversight or overview, mm-hmm. and then it will go up online. In the case of the ABC, it might be a television report, which then they also have to transfer a, uh, um, uh, audio into. To, to be done by radio, uh, and then they will also file an online sort of print report, if you like. Um, at news, it's a little bit different. But, yes, the, the, the reporter is doing all of that work all the way through. Yeah. There is oversight. There is definitely editorial oversight, you know, with things that I that I write. They're occasionally, um, occasionally subject to legal, legal review. That will yeah, be someone, yeah. someone of some skill, uh, either a deputy editor or someone who works – uh, at that sort of coalface to say we need to summit and have a look at this. And that legal advice should come through in about an hour. That's pretty good. I mean, if it's a more detailed hit job or, and I use the term advisedly, um, then it might wait a little bit longer than that. But yeah. generally speaking, this is report, write report, all in the space of an hour, published online. Yeah. And you know what it, it'd be like. It might be an hour and a half if it's had to be legal. Yeah. And and so you're gonna and there are no subs, right? There are no subs anymore. There I mean, there be. are people around there in the editorial process who will have a quick look and make sure you know there won't be a lot of fact checking. It'll be looking for typos. Yeah. Was Mark a sub? There won't there won't be a lot of fact checking. That's this is because the mainstream media is getting absolutely belted. Yeah. But ad revenues are just historic. I mean, 10% of what they used to be 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah and, and in order to complete, I know this News Corp have got another round of uh, across the whole across the whole globe, basically one in 20 people will lose their jobs. These staff cuts are happening everywhere. They put pressure on editorial process. So basically a journalist writing online and getting it into print will source picks, will basically press the publish button one, they would have probably had an, an okay from from the editorial department to do this, yep. and then that piece would be determined in a, a newspaper conference, which is a sort of meeting of editors and some journalists to determine what's in the book. They call it them, and that mm-hmm. is the newspaper. And so yep. they'll figure out if that story that's run online will actually run in the print version later on. Often it doesn't because it's done because that story is probably done and dusted within 24 hours, so it's not yeah. going to make it into a paper for the following day. Yeah. So these things are all happening at fucking warp speed Yeah. Uh, compared to where, where, where things were 20 or 30 years ago. Well, news doesn't age like a fine wine. Mistakes will be made. Typos will exist. I've looked at things that I've written and gone, oh my god, and had to hit up, hit, had to hit up them. No, no, no one's fault but mine, and and have them corrected. Yeah. Yeah, it, it 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 it's happening really, really fast, and the, and and the lack of money within media organisations now, within newspaper organisations now, it means that costs are always being shaved, and production is done with little oversight. 
Yeah. It, it's important to understand that because I don't think people do sometimes. That's why media make mistakes. If you had a sub there who was you're basically trawling through the thousand words that I write, you know, spending two or three hours on it, that would be wonderful. I'd absolutely love that. <laughs> but yeah. but it, it just can't happen. No, I mean, the subs, that, the subs are all gone. It's yeah. Pretty much all gone. Which is a damn shame. But, no, it is a know. damn shame. It's, the Australians still got a few. The Australians still got a few, but the tabloids, none. And nine, uh, nine media, they all outsourced all their subbing to another company. Yeah. 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 It, it, you know, from, from report to, to broadcast or, 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 or to be cast on the internet, it's a very, very short space of time. Yeah. Yeah, it checks out. So going back to the deputy mayor scandal. Sorry, yes. Just no, no, that. no. That was brilliant. That's exactly what I wanted from this episode. I'm learning heaps of shit here. The deputy mayor in the situation where he was standing next to Darren Bergworth from that ridiculous photo, he actually, bizarrely, stood by his decision to stand next to Bergworth. Yeah, this was that. from something that uh, Vaxatious Litigate tweeted, but also Sandy was in cahoots with. There's a whole thing. It was a story by the Bayside News with the headline, Deputy Mayor Poses with Fringe Group Founder. That's exactly how that's meant to be shaped. When asked by the Times if he condemns Bergworth's baseless theory the council is illegitimate, Hughes said, as an elected member of council, I believe that Frankston City Council is legitimate. Good work, Hughes. (laughs) And then he went on to say, quote, I will tell you what legitimizes a theory, the media's obsession with this group, whether Uh it be the Frankston Times, crikey, Hamilton or any other social media posts, every single person who ignores the issue of the reserve oof, and instead focuses on this particular group is promoting and amplifying that same group's cause. Mm. Mm, maybe. Goes on to say, the irony of the media aiming to minimize a group of people by relentlessly promoting that same group of people through articles is baffling. Mm. And while it's bizarre he didn't condemn a group that has been routinely invading council meetings <laughs> in person to Se- harass him. Seemed to be an omission. Mm. Like the staff, the councillors, bringing up all this weird pedo shit, these fanciful, delusional, conspiratorial nonsense, the- just complete bullshit. There's a kernel of truth to what he's saying, as much as I hate to accept it. We don't want to see a, gro- a growth in these groups. We think my place, I think my place is a fucking scourge on society that genuinely it concerns is. me. It really is. It's sort of bordering on dangerous. Yeah. It is. But the thing is, if they're not a genuine threat to society, which is arguable and, I, you know, we, we have our side, but it's, it's flexible, they are objectively speaking annoying as fuck. We live in a society. Just be cool, guys. Should we be giving them airtime? Or is the greater crime allowing these groups to just organically flourish completely uncontested by the media. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, one of the ways these kinds of theories are debunked are through fact, fact checks. And um, and one of the original fact checking sites, Snopes, used to deal in misinformation on a much smaller scale. These are now the busiest journalists in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone involved in fact checking, good Lord, you are just busy, busy, busy. You're not going home at 5 p.m. And it's intense because you need to do a lot of background searches, a lot of intense research yeah. to actually make this because these things become, well, they have authority. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, there's Brandolini's law, which is basically that when you put up some bullshit, it can take you a minute to be like, okay, lizard people are eating babies in a lair, yeah. and then it takes you a fucking hour to debunk it. That, that that law exists. It takes a lot longer to debunk bullshit than it does to create it. 
Oh, absolutely. And it, it's absolutely energy sapping. And a lot of it would be unnecessary in, in a rational, objective world. Yes, but it, it's, it's embarrassing that it's required. And it's become serious business now. Countless exor- organisations engaged in this. Media outlets like AAP have launched fact-checking arms. Um, there's a whole raft in the States. A joint venture between RMIT University and the ABC has created RMIT ABC fact check. Deutsche Welle in Germany is debunking their local craziness, and the USA have a serious task on their hands keeping track of the utter drivel pushed oh, by various fake news sites targeting their fairly suggestible population of right wing cranks in the MAGA government. MAGA movement, I should say, not yeah. government. That was a while back. <laughs> That was a while back, hey, but it did exist. Hey, look, our jury's still out on that whole on that whole <laughs> twenty twenty election. Anyway, the real president. Look, there's a whole lot of them, and and it is really intensive work. It's really important work, it and is it should work. require energy and uh, and 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 an intense um, an, an intense number of journalists working intensely because it's it's just so important. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, and, and and it is one of those things. People go, well, okay, sorry, you got knocked over by Snopes. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. And that's this is, that. This it, be, is it, it has that sort of authority. So it's very, very important work. It is very important work. But the thing that's really tricky about this, of course, is that cookers, generally speaking, will disregard fact-checkers as being a part of the establishment and not engage with them. Now, this is generally speaking because there are massive exceptions to this rule. You can send a link to a fact-checking organization to someone in the cult in a Facebook argument or something, and it will result in an inevitable dismissive response. They'll often claim that the organizations are sponsored by Bill Gates or George Soros. Yeah. Mm. And the thing is, like, you know, this is the reason why they discount the claims without any kind of consideration. There's a kernel of truth to their concerns because, of course, George Soros and Bill Gates do indeed fund fact-checking extensively through the Pointer Institute, which runs PolitiFact, which is a hugely used fact-checking organization. And the thing that ties them all together, which is the International Fact-Checking Network, but another large funder of that is the Charles Koch Foundation. So, Koch, I, I mean, you're fine. And, uh, come but, on. Uh, but he's, uh, he's turned over a new leaf. He has. He has. Since his he, brother died. Yeah. <laughs> he's, not, he's not just peddling, uh, peddling um, carbon emissions anymore, uh, fossil fuels and what have you. Um, yes. Isn't that nice? A bit yeah, of a, he's, he's had a, he's had a bit of problem. an awakening. But at the same time, I mean, like at the end of the day, the whole thing of like who's funding it, if you can disprove their claims, go write a fucking Yeah, head. absolutely. But don't discount them on face value because you're a pussy and you can't handle the fact that certain people who are constantly misquoted and disinformation spread about them happen to sponsor a fact-checking organization. It kind of checks out. But I would argue that fact-checking tends to preach the converted due to this kind of narrative and this idea that fact-checkers are all corrupt and Zuckerbergy and blah, blah. And a rallying call for cookers is much more the I hate fact-checkers. And Avi Yemeni uses this to even grift donations. He's declared that he will fake the, f- he will fight the fake he news. He will fake and then, and then then throw a few jabs. Yes, yeah. yes, he'll do a bit of a dosy do. But he's going to fight the fake news fact checkers. That is a mouthful. I stand by my mistake. Mm-hmm. Of course, this involves an expensive lawsuit, which will need donations to fund. Oh yes. Oh, what a go. surprise! There what a fucking go. surprise! It's a business a, model. But as a side note to this, just on the side, because when I was researching this, I wanted to check the original source. Avi posted the RMIT response to his claims on Rebel News without alteration. It's the full letter. 
I saw this on Twitter. I think Vaxatious Litigant posted it like ages ago. But this is really surprising because I read the whole thing. It absolutely drags him and his complaint. It's really brutal, really funny. It's from their general counsel. It's totally worth a read. Just can't bring myself to read anything on Rebel News. No, no, no. This is RMIT's I understand, response. but I would have to go to Rebel News. No, you can click through on uh, – look up Vaxatious Litigant. I'm sure they posted All right. It. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a pathway. But okay. that being said, it can be an excellent, easy way to debunk something you find on the internet that feels like it has a kernel yes. of truth and you yourself are starting to think, okay, did that happen? So you can check it out. You can really get that sort of thing of, like, okay, cool, and see how it goes. It is important in all this discourse and dialogue not – and I – emphasize this heavily to outright discount all cooker content on face value yes they lie all the fucking time broken clocks are right twice a day year a day, m- day, day decade day. it's a well-known uh, fact well i mean that's if they're stand- that's if they're not not, not moving but instead the yeah, i think so. mathematically they would still be right twice a day yeah anti-vax is less unless so. they were very fast then it might be three or four times anyway we don't want to get in that no 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 we're not we're not philosophical cul-de-sac there um cook is not clockers so yeah. fact checkers do excellent work in giving clarity to things that people on the fringe often either embellish distort, or just simply fucking make up. But do cookers pay much attention to their work? I mean, like, while they seem to hate fact-checkers, I did some research today, and by research, I mean put fact-check into Telegram to see what happens, and I saw quite a lot of links backing people up who were taking contrary positions to cooker things, including Avi Yemeni, trying to say, maybe there's something wrong with Ricky Bosey, maybe there's something wrong with this, so... You know, look, I think it's incredibly valuable. You know, you the rusted on, you know, the, those 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 terribly sad people in Canberra. Uh, we, we think they're beyond hope. But if you were about to take a step towards a rabbit hole, these things can be these these things can pull you back. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point to make. That disinformation, as you say, is so easy to create. Oh, so easy. And pedal. Yes. Uh, the, 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 the defeat of it, the defeat of it through, you know, logic and, and, and objective analysis and so forth is much, much harder to do. It's but there law. might be just one person who's saying, hang on, just a minute here, um, the vaccine, the COVID vaccine has caused all of these heart injuries, all of these sudden deaths, and we'll get to those in a little while. Um, and then, You've got to team through data to prove it wrong. Yeah, right. Fucking and nightmare. It's really, really hard. But really once hard. it's done, it's like say, okay, you knocked that fact off. But but as I say, it's not for the rusted on. We're never going to turn those people with nah, facts and objective truth. Car park dwelling fuckers. You can't do shit. But those people who might be, you know, sort of on the verge of of, of, of setting their foot, you know, the first first step down the rabbit hole, they might go, hey, just a minute. I like to think that's true. I really like to think that's true. Uh, but look, okay, we'll move on here and say we absolutely cannot discuss mainstream media coverage of cookers without including the recent obsession with Solsit Traveler videos. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you've probably enjoyed a few of these videos where a Solsit spews pseudo law at a cop. Meh, 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 I don't consent, I'm traveling, I don't need a license, here's my laminated piece of shit I got off the internet. Well, this cop has zero interest in their bullshit. Eventually breaks their window in one instance with his bare hands, just cook. And impressive. yanks them out of the car. Like, Look, a lot of us aren't exactly what you would call pro-police. We're not all carceral activists here. 
But these people manage to be so irritating that you can go from ACAB to a full-blown blue line cheerleader in fucking seconds. And that is a stunning feat. I mean, you got to hand it to them. They really are that irritating. So the Daily Mail, News, the rest of the guys, they've jumped all over this. It's incredibly easy content. It's shared widely for its comedic appeal. It's got a real, real ring to it. And there's something very funny about these interactions, even if on paper. Think about it. This is just some idiot prattling this weird technical common law nonsense to a bored police officer. And yet, for some reason, the dramatic moments in between the rambling and bored just sort of general deflection makes us laugh. And that's nice. Yeah. But of course, once again, video footage. And that is breaking the window and dragging them out. Exactly. There's basically a script. But of course, the video footage is, generally speaking, lifted from Twitter accounts covering the movement. The hard work is done by the guys on those accounts. But the ridicule does go up a notch once they crack out these maritime law themes. Yeah, look, and, and of course, these people are filming themselves. This is the other Yes, thing. that's the best part. They are creating their own content. They think they're the good guys. Yeah, whilst I've sits in the media are generally seen as kooky fringe dwellers with dopey beliefs and a terrible win-loss record with cops. It's currently zero. Yeah, uh, it's they terrible. also pose a small but significant threat to society, and that's never to be ignored. Obviously, no. we saw this play at Mwambla, where uh, three people were murdered by people with these beliefs. Uh, they were not simply pseudo-law adherents, like most soft-sit types are, but full-blown right-wing Christian fascist conspiracy theorists. Yeah. The belief that the system is fundamentally illegitimate can drive people to do things that seek to undermine this false authority and the belief their righteous anger and violent behaviour is essentially a public service. And that's a little bit of a worry. It is a bit of a worry. And, you know, I'm sure intelligence organisations taking it seriously, but at the same time, a bit concerning. So when reporting on these beliefs, it is important to make it sure it's done at least somewhat correct. And with the copy and paste jobs that are being done from these excellent Twitter accounts, that context is usually carried with it. So the journalist is relying on these Twitter accounts to give the context that they generally just sort of throw into an article and submit pretty quickly. But as the cooker-watching community expands, the onus will be on these unpaid hobbyists, that's what we sort of are, on Twitter to ensure the content is curated and contextualized properly. And that's a big burden to bear. And with the implied assumption that it's going to wind up maybe on the Daily Mail with little to no input from the writing staff, you've got a lot of responsibility that maybe you didn't really ask for when you just thought you might tweet about funny idiots saying dumb shit. So, like, there's some journalism that isn't shamelessly lifted from the cooker-watching community on Twitter, and it's pandering to anti-vaxxers' obsession with the idea that COVID-19 vaccines, mRNA usually, are killing people. This is a common trait in this sort of, you know, cooker thing. I mean, like, you Absolutely. know, anti-vaxxers, yeah. they all agree that the COVID-19 vaccine is either a depopulation program or at least killing people. Right. Now, this is manifested in the term died suddenly, which is a concept with bounty hunter Stu Peters capitalized on by making a oh, documentary God. of the same name. I'm going to call it a documentary because I don't really care about semantics when it comes to this guy. He's a fucking joke. Mockumentary? Yeah, yeah. Spinal tap. Yeah. Mm. Died suddenly is so bad that it's actually caused division in the anti-vax ranks. They think that it's so shit that they're like, bro, are you yeah. like controlled opposition? But despite this, enough idiots believe that it's fucking valid. The concept that people are dying suddenly due to vaccine injury is taking a stronghold in the death cult. 
it's become part of the vernacular, died suddenly. Yeah. So any article with died suddenly in the title is going to be shared like wildfire across the anti-vax community because it vindicates their beliefs. Remember, anti-vaxxers are obsessed with being right. And if anything proves them right, mm. it's the best day of their fucking it's, lives. It's, it's actually the right reaction. It's It's... They knew that with COVID vaccines, that would probably be the end of their movement. And so with the pandemic now over and an estimated 20 million lives saved in 2021 alone due to the vaccines, mm-hmm. the people were never going to accept that. They were, they were the, the anti-vax community was never going to accept that. So they've moved on to this more nonsense. We, we thought this, I mean, I thought foolishly that this was going to be the end of it. Uh, <laughs> so did I a little bit. But, you know, and, and, and that, that, you know, truth would win. But uh, but instead they've just got him worse. Oh, totally, um, Yeah. And the, the fucking annoying thing about this is that if you say the term died suddenly in a headline, while you might be engaging a fringe minority, normies might click on it out of curiosity, but you can guarantee it's going to get clicks and engagement from anti-vaxxers. They well, I, I, I might as well move into this. this. Died suddenly is not a loaded term, right? It's, 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 it's an it appropriate journalistic now. term. It often describes, and I just want to talk about this, the limits on reporting on suicide. Yeah. Now that I've mentioned the word suicide, Joel, you're going to have to put in a, a lifeline warning, warning at the end, at the end and that's of fair. this because that is part of the it's – it's, it's fair and it's not. It's very difficult to report on suicide in this country and so we often use terms like died suddenly, uh, no suspicious causes, those sorts of things. So there's kind of yeah. euphemisms that we have around suicide. That's the first thing. But also people do die suddenly. I mean, yeah. they do die suddenly quite regularly. Some people yeah. die in lingering deaths with cancer. Some people get hit by the number 24 bus in which yeah. they die suddenly. Or so they it's kill over not a and die from term. Yeah. It's just something that you know these clowns are going to, going to work with, are going to yeah. manipulate. Yeah, yeah, it's incredibly fucking painful. And, like, when it comes down to it, you've got things like high-risk occupations or hobbies, like sport. So you have these obscure sporting leagues. They become these top news stories of these random clubs in random places in backwater fucking Holland with someone who dies on the field. And the hints in the article in complete journalistic irresponsibility that verges on intention saying that this mysterious death, which isn't fucking mysterious, it's usually an undetected heart disease which ends up killing them, which happened to be the biggest killer of people before the pandemic hit. I mean, they litter this in these articles. The idea that Jab is responsible is simply assumed by the reader or not, depending on what your lens is but they're pandering. Recently, we had the NFL star DeMar Hamlin who collapsed on field after a fairly heavy impact of the defender. And NFL is dangerous as fuck. I don't care if they wear padding. Oh, it's he, a got, he got absolutely belted. Yeah. And like, look, they did say it was a routine hit, but routine hits in that game are like being hit by a fucking truck. So anti-vaxxers, as you'll all know, jumped on this as being an example of this died suddenly thing. Well, they didn't die. Well, they, they said that he was replaced by a body double and that's why he wore oh, Jesus certain Christ. things. Oh, no, it's, there's a whole thing about it. Um, he went to a game not long after his recovery where he wore a hoodie and glasses and things like that. 
apparently that's his style because he's allowed to wear certain clothing, but mm-hmm. they considered the fact that he was his death was being concealed because if he was shown to be dead, it would galvanize the died suddenly theory, which is being pushed by Stu Peters. It's a whole rabbit hole. It's really fucking dumb. But the thing is, is they'll jump on anything to reinforce their ideas. They'll make shit up. They'll just do random things and they'll all come to consensus on it. <clears throat> the fucking Twitter account run by Stu Peters alongside the film Died Suddenly is at Died Suddenly. These motherfuckers are racing under fire for claiming a six-year-old who died due to long-term health issues in Ohio had died due to a COVID vaccine. <clears throat> like, they're just fucking ghouls, man. They're just shit shit people who will like go oh a child died like we can make a point of this fuck you fuck you like that that, like rat bag so-called journalist last uh, well sometimes a year and a half ago now someone we were talking about before yes you know yeah and it's good that we don't name her to be honest because she's still going but climbed a tragedy i mean just sifting through a tragedy of a of a young person dying suddenly um, and, and then blame and unexpectedly, the of course, just, a fucking heart yeah, attack. Unexpectedly, of course. Well, I, I just want to talk about soccer and football. Um, that basically, there was a study undertaken because there were a large amount of deaths, sudden deaths, uh-huh. on the football field, and they were, for the most part, uh, heart conditions, undiagnosed. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about Premier League necessarily, although you know, in some of the higher leagues, these things have occurred. It's and usually acro- amateur across Europe. So um, the, the European Soccer Association, I'm just trying to get their name, but it doesn't matter. UEFA, um, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, it's a subsector, a subsector FIFA. They actually did an analysis. But guess what? The deaths actually started occurring before. well before the COVID vaccine. No, no, well before the, well before the COVID vaccine. Exactly. And so we were starting to see... And, and quite a large number, you know, statistically at least, yeah. uh, in, in professional soccer or football in Europe, uh, we started seeing a large number of sudden deaths uh, started occurring in the sort of second decade of the 21st century. It goes yeah. back a little longer than that, to be honest, but it actually has been quite a spike. And, of course, anti-vaxxers will point to those deaths that have occurred since 2021 and say vaccine. But they've yeah. been going on for a long time. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And it makes it tricky because there is an awareness of this. I would say it's general. Maybe we're all fucked up because we're in this weird little you know, rabbit hole that we've dug for ourselves. But does the mainstream media need to nod in this direction? It seems what? abundantly clear that if you put uh, died suddenly into Google, uh, I mean, it comes up with endless results that lead to the same conclusion and, I mean, we know. If you're looking for a headline, I mean, uh, we just talked about it, died suddenly, I mean, uh, died it unexpectedly. Be a I mean, term, well, what are we supposed to do? I mean, this is an appropriation of language by the anti-vax, communi- it anti-vax is. community. It is. I, I, I don't see how you have to or should adjust. Well, I'll explain it later because there are examples here that I've got that show how you can not do this. So recently a young actress, Soraya Saibu, died without a known cause of death. And across most news outlets, some form of died suddenly was in the title. The fucking Daily Mail of all outlets had the headline, as very simple, Australian actress Soraya Saibu tragically dies. Real simple. No anti-vax catnip in there. Someone in that process realised that saying died suddenly has now become incredibly problematic and left the fuck out. This is very uncommon for the Daily Mail because restraint is not a word I use to describe 
the Daily Mail. But I don't want you guys to get all, oh, society's healing. We're going okay now. Don't start loving the Daily Mail. They still suck. Because here's another headline from the very same fucking place. Groundbreaking Aussie bobsledder who became a footy star dies suddenly aged just 35 after a rough year of personal loss, including a relationship breakup. Now, I read that headline. I'm just going to tell you. Yeah. I'm just going to read that headline, and I don't see anything suspicious there at all. It is one of the things that to be basically online, you have long headlines now. The the days of uh, the, the short, punchy headline in a tabloid, sometimes some excellent work done there. Um, There's uh, a Walkley for it. It's just yeah, well, there is. Yeah, it just it, it's it's not practiced online. You're actually looking for a large number of words that will come up in a search. Yes, that's right. Search engine optimization, but died suddenly. I mean, like if you want SEO, that's a great way to get it. Yeah. But the thing is, is that we've seen just before an example of something very similar where died suddenly wasn't in the headline, mm-hmm. and in this situation. It was. And you're right. It should not be a loaded term. But it fucking is now. And if you don't know that and you're a journalist, I don't know, man. Like, where are you? So just to give some respect to Simon, Simon Dunn was Australia's first openly gay bobsled player and a football player whose body was found by police in Surrey Hills in January 2023. And the dude was fucking boss. He posted a picture of himself kissing his partner after a football game. Full respect. Like, Ian Roberts is one of those legends of the game who dealt with so much shit to pursue a noble goal, and I reckon he's in the ranks. Good on this guy. Fox Sports ran with this very different headline. Shocked and heartbroken, inspirational Aussie Aussie athlete Simon Dunn dead at 35 after rough year. They're different headlines, and it's interesting how they're different. Now, I understand that maybe not everyone's across the brief, and the idea that it's a loaded term is something that has been brought across by anti-vaxxers, but that's different. It's almost like one outlet was trying to leverage the anti-vax community for sharing and search engine optimization, maybe some clicks and engagement, and the other one wasn't. I don't know. Hard to say. Hard to say. And I don't want to go too far on this because the whole died suddenly thing could be an entire episode in itself the list of people who've died in uncertain tragic circumstances at a young age fucking endless and to be honest a bit scary i mean like i'm entering my 40s and apparently i'm like right to not wake up tomorrow what the fuck go to your gp get a heart stress test i mean go go to and then get referral to a cardiologist and go and get if you're going to i was told after hitting the scale at 121 kilos i said so i should just do some walking and things like that and they went yeah not straight away Um, take it easy um, though um uh, you should go and see a cardiologist go through a stress test and that's kind of what people need to do particularly guys who you know can be not just not just like me, not done a lot of exercise in recent times, but but people actually are very active and and and, and exercise quite a lot. I've actually got a story for you, which I'll tell you after the episode because it's going to be too long and boring for this one. But I was incorrectly diagnosed with a severe heart condition some time ago, and I got it on a voicemail. <laughs> really interesting moment in my life. Anyway, I might tell patrons in a Zoom. So the general thing here is that it's a loaded term, sure, and it shouldn't be fair. But at the same time, this is the thing. Journalists need to be responsible in this new era where this post-truth bullshit is happening all around us. And when you report on things and you say died suddenly, you're unwittingly saying 
died from vaccine injury. And I know you're not meaning it, guys, but are you maybe kind of hoping that some nah, people do? I think you're drawing a very, very long bow there, Joel. Yeah. But, um, but uh, look, it is a sort of semantic exercise. We're always taught, by the way, all of a sudden, died all of a sudden. All of a sudden there's a terrible cliche. It's been a cliche since this sort of I'd rather 19th that century. now. So we're not doing that. We're not allowed to do that because the grammar Nazis will come and, and wag fingers at us. Well, they the anti-anti-vaxxer anti Nazis are coming now. I think it's a sort of sem- so some semantic argument. I, I, I take your point. Um, it is one of these things that, that, that cookers will seek to manipulate. They uh, fucking and, love it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you sort of basically. They're reporting numbers of articles with the died suddenly in the term. Like, I mean, it's mm. a whole movement now and is the continuation of anti-vax. They have a social responsibility to do their job in a way that makes sure that this sort of shit isn't fucking pandered to. That's just my two cents. All right. The relationship with the uh, mainstream media and conspiracy theorists is always going to be fraught with ethical issues because conspiracy theorists believe in complete bullshit and media are reluctant to straight up lie to make content. You know, they're not they're gonna they're not gonna basically take too much nonsense from these people. No. But the relationship between some outlets and the truth can be a bit flexible at times. I don't think it's a big enough demographic for mainstream media. But anyway, still, why settle for second best when there are countless fake news outlets often funded by dodgy Russian rubles that will tell you exactly what you want? Proper fear porn that makes you simultaneously a noble truth warrior and a victim of society that deserves reparations. I want my money. That's what the punters want. I'm the oppressed white hetero man. My life has been so difficult. I've had to go to work once. But anti-vaxxers, <laughs> I would argue, are an undeniable part of the media consumption market. They're fucking walking wallets and they yeah. share content like no other demographic. Have you ever seen a group of people hit the share button like they fucking do? It is crazy. They engage with content and they're often kind of cashed up and incredibly stupid, which is a goldmine for advertisers. I'll tell you what, cynically speaking, if I was in media, I'd be targeting them myself. They seem like a fantastic piggy bank. But whether the pivot towards anti-vax and conspiratorial content will invade our mainstream media, as it clearly has in the USA, is uncertain. But as it stands, the temptation to throw a cheeky hat tip to anti-vaxxers is one that I would say that many outlets are skating the line on in this kind of pursuit for shameless clicks and ad money. Yeah, I'm not so sure. And, and, and really because the demographic is just not big enough. Yeah, um, just but not they big aren't enough. dumb. And, and and there's also reputational stuff to it. At, 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 I mean, you could say a paper like The Australian, what's its reputation? Well, there's a reputation as a conservative newspaper and that's, you know, that's just the way it is. But are they going to put that on the line to write some sort of pro-cooker thing? Of course not. Yeah, it's going to that's, get knocked over. That's why anyway, it's, like it's, it's an interesting discussion we've had and there are some really – uh, really important issues, I think, for journalists going forward. And, and they're, the, they're the, of the traditional journalistic practice types. Check your sources, do background checks, do your research, do your own I'll research. Tell, I tell you what, pay us $5,000 a day and we'll come and tell you how to do this. Oh, get Sandy and Sauce. They can charge 10 grand. True. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. Jack, you found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. 
We set up a Facebook page. You can find it fairly easily. If just search for it, you know, use your fingers. If you enjoyed the episode, please, please, please share it like an anti-vaxxer. I know it's not in you. It's not in your person. But if you can find a way to smash that share button, honestly, it does help. When the numbers go up, this becomes more feasible because, God damn, it's been two long years. Please make this work. And we have a Patreon uh, to help keep this sustainable. It's bloody yeah, time consuming and we still have to pay the rent. Gee, I'm still complaining. But Joel wrote this, so I'm complaining on behalf of Joel. I just copy and paste from last episode. Come on, bro. <laughs> but I'll keep going. For as little as $5 a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content, including a weekly bonus episode of all the good shit that didn't make it into the main program. It's actually not that, Joel. This is exactly what we were talking about. I know, you but we just been, did the preview episode just then. <laughs> and it's fa- actually good. You have it's good failed content. the fact check. Anyway, we try to make it worth your while yeah. uh, as best we can. And finally, all t- feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program. We would love to hear from you, even if it's to tell us that we fucked up and uh, made didn't write, a bit of, didn't write the closer bit of a bit of a yeah no but also we fucked up and made a bit of a mistake i think in uh, one of our uh, overflow vi- um, overflow oh, uh, yeah, the episodes overflow. yeah we just wanted yeah. to clarify that um that uh, i think we i think we got rinsed i think we got uh, yeah the video does exist yeah the video does exist but it, it's it, from 2016 it's completely out of context completely she had out of said context. those words or a form of them and this is in regard to it a, was like a shit joke a pediatrician yeah, and and of course now she's the the devil incarnate, according to. Uh, to it was the in 2016. Group. COVID vaccines didn't exist then. There you go. There anyway, you go. We'll, so we'll we said she didn't, she didn't say those words, but she actually did say a very similar form of words. There is a video where she was talking about the uh, likelihood of immigrants lining up for vaccines um, um, first, and uh, with your dumb white <laughs> rednecks. Coming along way last. Not. Yes, exactly. yeah. She didn't say those words. I must say, um, but uh, yes. Anyway, we just wanted to clarify that. So there you go. Clarify. For our non-patrons, see all the fun you're missing out on. Yeah. We're making false claims in patron-only episodes, and you're not hearing them. You should definitely subscribe. You should Thanks, definitely guys. subscribe. Thanks, listeners. See ya. We love you. See ya. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people. Fuck me, you guys are bastards.